Hello and welcome to the Believe Crew podcast. The business is you. I'm Jamie White, founder of Believe Crew and your host. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the podcast. The business is you. Today I have Heidi here with me and we're going to jump into my favorite subject if you haven't already figured out personality assessments. She has a new one that she's going to take me through. So Heidi, tell us a little bit about what you do and what you're into. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. I always love the weird connections, right? Where how we meet each other, how we come to be. And I just want to honor like the quick start nature of what happened. And that will make sense in a little bit when you start to understand more about this new assessment. We are both quick starts. And so the fact that this happened, that we both were at the same place at the same time uh, is a miracle. And it's wonderful. So I'm Heidi Mitro. Yes, it's Mitro. Now you know everybody's in the club. Um, I'm a leadership coach. I believe in updated leadership and leadership from the inside out. So we talk a lot in my company. It's called When You Lead, Coaching and Consulting. We talk a lot about outdated leadership, which is this leadership that's top down, which is do what I say type of leadership versus harnessing the innate strength and the innate gifts of the individual and have that ripple out. So we we talk a lot about updated leadership. And one of the tools that we use is this assessment called the Colby A assessment, which you took. (laughs) I'm so glad you did. Yeah. So I'm excited to dig into that. And I want to kind of go back to what you said about this idea of updated leadership and what the difference is in your mind. And Mm -hmm. we just had an experience even recently in Believe Crew with our team where, you know, was kind of a moment where I threw up my hands and I was like, I don't know what to do going forward. I'm like super vulnerable, right? Like I'm trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out. And then all of a sudden I'm like, this isn't. And, and I finally said to the team, like, I need each of you to figure out what you want. I need you guys Mm -hmm. to get clear on what you want and did not realize how much of an impact that was going to have in a positive way. Like it was almost like one of those, um, you know, what could happen here? This could actually go in so many directions, right? But being willing for those directions. And then one of our team members showed up like 110%. And she was like, I know what I want. And it was so clear. And and it was so like, here's what I need from you. Like, if we would have given her that position and said, I or given her that responsibility and said, I say, I need you to come up with, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think it would have felt heavy. But because Mm. she took ownership and she saw the vision and she came to us and she's like, I know what I want. And and here's what I need from you. And we're like, thank you. This is so beautiful. So it's just, yeah, I'm totally into what you're bringing out in terms of leadership because I'm 100% on board. We don't have the answers at the top. Yeah. And I think the that it's a, it is outdated to think that the leader is going to have the answers all the time and not only have the answers, but have the step-by-step and then hold everyone to account. It's overwhelming and it's pervasive in our culture. And it, what I have found, especially with women leaders is it's really lonely and you feel like you have to do this in every facet of your life and your family and your business and your family of origin as parents are aging, right. And your church community and all of these other places, it's like, I don't know is the bravest thing that a woman leader, in my opinion, could say. Mm. And it is this reclamation of I lead differently. 
I, I do lead differently. <laughs> and it's, it's really beautiful. It's and what you're bringing up too is the way that we've shifted the culture, even in our family. And we lead differently yes. today in our family and our family, we started embracing, I would call it like the Summerhill model, or I don't know exactly yeah. if there's a name for it, but we started embracing family meetings coming from the place Same. where the parents don't have all the answers. And like, if there's an yep. issue, like even between siblings, we're like, well, we'll bring it to family meeting. And so then we vote on it and the siblings have a vote. You know, my kids have a vote at the equal. And sometimes my, my husband and I, we get outvoted, <laughs> but it wow, has really empowered powerful. them. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I got goosebumps on that. I, th- I think there is something about, we talk about it a lot. And when you lead of the physiology of leadership mm-hmm. and you said it very beautifully, we're like, it started to feel heavy. Right. That is a physiology. That's like the weight of the world on your shoulders. And right. for me, and I think you probably yes. lead the same way, you feel it in your heart. Yes. Yeah. It's like this and heart disease is rampant among women. And I think mm-hmm. part of that, we, there is an energetics of, of leadership and mm-hmm. I want my kids to have that physiology of leadership and leadership is not about control. Mm-hmm. Leadership is about trust. Yeah. Leadership is about, I trust myself and my gifts and I trust you and your gifts and how we, we call it the Metro co-leaders. We are co-leading mm-hmm. this time and space and history of our family. Mm-hmm. And it's always changing, right? Because they're going to leave eventually. Like, I know that's the goal. It's yeah. weird. Right, right. <laughs> but, but I want but if them we've to get done our job the world right. to know how to do it. Same in companies. If we've done our job well, Same. then people are growing and they're going to yes. grow. They could grow beyond the position that right. we have for them or the positions that we have available in the company. And that's okay. That's a good thing. That means we're doing our job. Like, it feels weird. It is. But I think yes. we're... I think we speak the same language. <laughs> Isn't that neat? And you just never know what's going to happen. You're like, yeah. do we like each other? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> now I want to know. More. Now I'm like, okay, are we, do you just want to keep talking? Because yeah. I'll talk forever and hours. So yeah, no, I'm going to let you great. read this though. Let you. I love it. Direction. And I guess if, if you're open to it, I'm ready to jump into my assessment for a little bit and then take I'm us in. wherever else you want to go. Um, so let me see <gasps> okay. if I can share my screen for anyone that wants to. Uh, join in from a video perspective and I love it. we're looking Welcome. at the Colby and, and my assessment. So, Oh my gosh. What should we so see? I just want to honor. Yes, I can. I just want to honor the, the bravery to share this. Um, and you and I, I think are both kind of like, you know, ready fire aim kind of people. Yes. And so it, it doesn't surprise me that you're willing to share, but I do want to acknowledge that you are. And I'm a junkie when it comes to assessments, and I think a lot of people are. I think that there's, especially in this time in history, we have access to so much. We have access to so many types of assessments, so much information, and it can be a little overwhelming. So I also want to thank you for being willing to do something new because it's rare to come upon an assessment that people haven't heard of, and the Colby is one of those. They've been around for 25, 30 years, but it's still new. And for those of you that have taken a lot of assessments, you know, DISC and um, you've got Myers-Briggs, you've got Strengths Finders, you've got all of these different assessments, and those are wonderful. And typically they are pointed towards your affective, your feelings, the affective part of your mind. And it's wonderful to have self-knowledge, but what do you do with it? Because at some point, leadership is about action. (laughs) Leadership is about making decisions and moving something forward. And that's really the gap that Colby fills. 
Um, and so they, they talk about the conative part of the mind. The conative part of the mind is who are you when you're purposeful? Who are you when you are doing? And as CEOs of companies, as leaders of teams, we're constantly doing. And what I also know to be true, especially about women leaders, is we want to be efficient. We want to be productive. We have perfectionistic tendencies that we're overcoming. And for me, the Colby was a way to make peace with my leadership style. Who am I when I am purposeful? Because I do feel very purposeful. I feel like I know my purpose. I know I am purpose. I want all people to be on purpose. Mm -hmm. And the Colby is a level setting language. So we found that when teams know each other's Colbys or when partners, when I found out my partner Mike's Colby, that was a game changer in our marriage. Holy Christmas. I was like, oh, you're not nuts. And I'm not crazy. We are just wired to be purposeful in a different way. I love what you so just said is, there about partnerships because the unhealthy partnerships destroy companies and, yes. um, and, and marriages. And marriages. I mean, those are partnerships, mm-hmm. right? And so yep. um, any organizational, cultural thing, when we don't know who the other people are and we don't trust ourselves and know who we are, then how can we even mm-hmm. have conversations? Because we're only coming from our perspectives. And I right. love to... Um, what you've pointed out about the Colby is how it's different because when I took the test and when I answered the questions at first, I was sort of like, I think my mind is doing mental gymnastics. These are there. There's just something about the questions um, that is a little bit different than some of the other assessments. And so I appreciate that you explained that a little bit better. And I'm so excited that you took it. We were having a little email exchange while you were doing it. And it, it can be like, who actually am I when I'm free to be myself? That's a that's the twist when you take the Colby. And so you take the series of questions, 35, 40 questions, and it's a forced choice assessment where you're like, you have to pick what would you most likely do and least likely. And a lot of times people are like, well, there are a few questions where I wouldn't do any of that. It's like, mm-hmm. I know, that's okay. They're, <laughs> that's looking, they're looking for pattern. That's me too, by the way. Yeah. And I usually just want to burn through stuff. Yes. That's part of, and you and I are wired the same way. So. The Colby has what's called an MO. So this is your MO. This is your series of numbers. Hmm. And you can see across the top that there are four different modes of fact finder, follow through, quick start, and implementer. And then there's how how do you actually implement this information? So do you mind scrolling down? No. So your MO is 4392. Oh, yeah. Hit continue, I guess, here. I love it. So we have the Colby action modes that go across the top, again, fact finder through implementer. And then you have these zones of operation and that goes down. So if you see, you have a scroll up just a little bit. So you have the 4392. What's really important, and I cannot stress this enough, is that every number represents a word. So this isn't like you have a nine in quick start, so that's good. And you have a two as an implementer and that's bad. Every number represents a word. So your Colby superpowers, the four in fact finder, represents the word explain. One of your superpowers of leadership is explanation. So when it comes to gathering facts, when it comes to gathering and sharing facts, you want to explain facts. You don't want to do 500 hours of research. You're like, Give me Lift the basics. Off. What do I need to know? <laughs> I yes, if I could same. get a if I could get a, a cliff notes or a summary version of every book out there that I love reading, that would be that would be beautiful. Yeah. Same. 
So just for full disclosure, my Colby is a 5672. So you showed me yours. I should show you mine, right? I'm a 5672. So I understand. Give me the Cliffs notes. Yeah. I'm a five. So I'm in, I'm very near you in that. If you are a fact finder that has a one through three number, you are like even, even more Cliffs notes, mm-hmm. just like straight facts, man. I don't need all of it. That's not how I want to spend my time. When you're in that middle space where you're like four to seven or four to six, excuse me, that's where you're kind of in this bridge moment. You want explanations. You want cliff notes. If you are in that seven to 10 for fact finder, this is where Google was made for you. This is like, give me everything. My husband is a, a initiating fact finder. That's his longest line, his highest number. The amount of information this kid can retain. I'm like, dude, I stopped paying attention a hundred years ago. Like none of this matters to me, but it matters to him. And these are needs. This is not, this is not just a preference. These are needs. Mm -hmm. What's really wonderful is you and I, we're very compatible. There's not a lot of conative stress. So conative is who you are when you're on purpose, who you are when you're doing. We don't have a lot of conative stress between us. Mm -hmm. My husband and I do in our fact finder line, but we know that. And I'm able to say that's enough. and. When you have a team, it's important to have synergy. It's important to have diversity when it comes to how you operate. So you wouldn't want a whole team of four fact finders. You'd miss a lot of details. You also may not need a team of everybody's an eight fact finder. You'll never get anything done because then you'll need more facts and you'll need more facts and you'll need more facts. So part of what we do on the co- on the coaching side is to help you enact your Colby so that you, you're not getting stuck. You're not getting paralyzed by your strengths. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Not operating out so, of fear. <laughs> no, you're operating out of this is what I'm really good at. And, mm-hmm. and we still need each other, right? We need this interdependence. We need to have co-leadership. So your follow-through line, that's that second, that's the blue. Your Colby superpower is adaptation. So follow through is about systems. It's not about like following through of completing. It really is about follow through in terms of how do you put things in order. So this is systems. You have a three. So you are like adaptation. Give me a system and I'm probably going to do the only, I'm going to do two of the system. How did you know? Right? How did because you know? Because told me. <laughs> You need a system. You want a system. Yes, I do. But really, you want a system to figure out how to break it. You want a system where it's like, how can I shortcut? How can I like get Mm -hmm. this done faster? I don't want to waste time with all the bureaucracy. Let's cut through red tape. Why does it have to go up the chain of command? That is very irritating to you. (laughs) It can be. How did you know? That's all I can say. It's all, I mean, it's all, it's right here in front of my face. Hmm. So you're preventing issues. You are, you are in this, like, you're counteracting systems here. It's your, your superpower. In the middle, these are the people where it's like, they're bridges. Anything four to six is like a bridge moment. You are not a bridge. <laughs> you are an innovator through and through. It's so fun. Yeah. You're also what we affectionately call a, a systems-breaking quick start. Hmm. So you have lots and lots nice. of ideas. Yeah. Yes, you have lots of ideas. It makes sense to you to innovate. Let's try something new. And in your physiology, this isn't Colby. This is this is body mind coaching. This is leadership coaching. In your body, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Like risk assessment, you you have a high tolerance for risk more than likely. Where you're yeah. like, let's try it and see what happens. 
someone who has a lower quick start number or a, a shorter line in quick start, that might be very disconcerting to them because they're maintaining systems, they're maintaining status quo, their their risk assessment, maybe even risk averse, because they're they really want to protect what's mm-hmm. working. Right, right, right. So it's important specifically for you as a leader, and we can find out your team's Colby's and do like an overlay of them, but follow through for you for systems. You want shortcuts. When it comes to sustainable teams, you are going to need some systems that other people can follow. And if you have people who have a longer fact finder line and a longer follow through line, you may be creating chaos unintentionally by not having systems that work for the majority of the people. Yeah just as a cautionary tale. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is making a lot of sense because I'm thinking about um, all of the companies that we used to implement new software in. And like, I was Mm. constantly looking for a new software. It was good that there were multiple companies. And so I could look for different companies and and upset, you know, create chaos in different ways. But um, I was constantly looking for a new system to run stuff in to, to improve. And then those that were like, well, this current system is working fine. And I'm like, but it's not. Right. Look, we're missing this X, Y, and Z. Well, then when we would switch to the new system, it was always missing A, B, and C. <laughs> like there's always a positive and there was also something that we lost. And so being able to bring people along with me is one of mm-hmm. my gifts in terms of communication and saying, we do need to make this change. Like it's important and here's why. But bringing along someone that wasn't a quick start that was later going to be you know, using the actual system and not just mm-hmm. initiating the change was always a bit right. of a struggle, you know, where I thought they were on my side on one day and then the next day I found out they weren't. <laughs> like, well, and companies really do run on systems, right? Yeah. And so there is yeah. this idea of you need to have SOPs, you need to have standard operating procedures. We stopped calling them that inside of When You Lead because that language stresses me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. we need a cheat sheet for all of this stuff. We right. need a system that most people can follow and then the people who need a shorter system can cut a couple things out and the people who need a longer system can add things for themselves. But what's the bridge moment system? Hmm. And for you as a, a three in follow through, we would really want to know what your team's follow through is so that you are not in charge of the SOPs. Mm-hmm. That's a very you can idea. modify them for yourselves. You can, you can adapt them for yes. you. But it can be very challenging to have a three follow through, have the the entire organization's systems that that can be really challenging. Yeah, if the literally, it didn't matter what the software said to do, I would break the system. I was so frustrated even to myself because I know that everybody needs the information in the system where it's supposed to be. But then I was the one that was like, sorry, I didn't fill in all the blanks. Yeah. And that that is good for them to know about you as well. Yeah. And we talk about the difference between standards and expectations. So we all have our own, I think we all have high standards. The women that I work with, the women that I meet, like you who are entrepreneurs, who are doing the work, we all have really high standards. And that is wonderful. Standards are our relationship with ourself. Right. Expectations, however, is how we relate to other people. Mm. And you will have the expectation that based on your Colby, this is how other people do it too. And they don't. No, right. So to be able to clearly communicate expectations and to understand that if you and I are working on a project, you are not in charge of the system. <laughs> <laughs> no. And and you shouldn't be. It can be very cognitively stressful for yeah. you. Yep. 
So where you you're you are an initiating quick start. So the initiating language comes with your longest line. Mm-hmm. Quick start is how you do risk. How, what is your relationship with risk? How do you tolerate it? And you're an innovator. That's your Colby gift. Mm-hmm. It ranges from those who are protecting the status quo, who are like, wait a minute, hold the phone. Here's the stop sign. And you need those in your organization, especially with a nine quick start. Yeah, you need yeah. somebody a to lot challenge of them. you at some point. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Please but filter way, you can my new start. idea. <laughs> <laughs> but then what's really exciting is you don't have to bring them into the beginning part of your process. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to explain that in just a moment. What you need to know for you when it comes to your Colby gift it is about innovation. It is about taking a problem and going, wow, this is exactly like I have a ton of ideas on how we could do this. I have like we could do this and we could do this and we could do this. That's a skill. It's a gift. It's also a need of yours. Mm-hmm. Innovation is a need yeah. that you have. Yeah. Let's, how many different ways can we solve this problem? Not all of them are going to be good, mm-hmm. but you are going to be able to go, well, let's try it. Yeah. But again, that's a physiology. You and I, as that quick start energy, is we have the the physiology to go along with this. Hmm. So then when it comes to implementer, the implementer number for you then, your gift when it comes to implementation, and this is not implementation, let me correct myself, implementor is like skills and tools and how you touch things on a, a, a tangible level. So think implement, you and I are in the Midwest, farm equipment. That's an uh-huh. implement. How do, you t- how do you tangibly work with solid objects? Uh-huh. <laughs> you and I. And what are you going to tell me? Yes, I'm curious here. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have stories. <laughs> I, be- I believe that you have stories. You, mm-hmm. you should be left to the, the daydreaming about things, the envisioning of things. Please don't go fix stuff. Please don't Thank go build you. models. Um, you are not designed to do anything but go, wow, I think this is possible. And who else can do this tangibly? You are speaking to my heart oh, <laughs> oh, so my much. The, the, the moment <laughs> that I like really felt this was we had started an escape room and I had set some of the locks. Like I did mm. not do any of the build out, but I thought I could set the locks. And then when we put people through a couple of test runs and they couldn't get out, we had to cut with the bolt cutters the locks off because I had set the locks wrong. And I was like, this is that moment where I'm just like, hands on, not my gift. No, <laughs> not hand, my hands gift. on, not your gift. Like, m- like brain up to the sky and what could it look like? The challenge yeah. that you and I have, because you and I have the very similar numbers in these categories, hmm. is... I can see the entire project done. Mm-hmm. My challenge then is waiting for like time and space to catch up with my vision. Right. Like, I'm sometimes five, 10, 20 years out. Like it just, I mean, too. in real estate development, that, that yeah. works, right? Like things yes. take time and people know it takes time. But in yes. some of the other spaces that I've been in and played in, sandboxes I've played in, I, I'm like, there's a time element so that I'm missing. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. And it can be very frustrating. Yes. And it, especially yeah. in the online space, especially because we're in. I'm you know, with you. It's even weirder that you and I are having this conversation. Like, how is this possible? Right. right. But right. technology makes it seem like things should go more quickly. But people are still people. I don't care how much mm-hmm. AI we got going on. I don't care how many Zoom rooms you are in on a daily basis. People still have needs and people need to be mm-hmm. celebrated for their strengths. 
So the Colby really is about your strengths. This is not about you becoming a locksmith now, my friend. Please right. don't. Thank you. <laughs> this, this is this not is to not anybody's benefit. <laughs> I can see it possible about- and I can hire it. <laughs> that's just that. Bingo. And that's a beautiful mantra. Mm -hmm. hire it out. Why on earth would I want to do this for myself? Except my garden. I really enjoy like hands-on in my garden. Dirt therapy, I think is great for my soul, but we are not living off of my garden. We would be starving, Mm -hmm. but I don't need it to feed me that way. It's feeding another part of me. It's feeding me differently. So you have this beautiful Colby MO. So basically what this is telling you is how you should be spending your time. Mm. You So there's a whole, we don't need to scroll to it because it'll give us whiplash, but there's a pyramid when you get your assessment. So you take the assessment and then it's like a 20 page printout that you're going to get. You can see Kathy Colby up in the corner of your screen. Yep. And she's the founder, man. She's 82. She's probably 83 now. Just a spitfire. Absolutely. You have a very similar Colby to her. Absolutely. Just like innovator. How can we design stuff? She knows she shouldn't be in charge of the day-to-day running, so she's not. Um, but she will actually speak you through your MO. So, and I'm, again, a quick start, so I don't like to listen to all of that stuff. But mm-hmm. this one, I actually did listen. But there's a pyramid of energy. If you are given a problem, if you're free to be yourself, what you would want to do is brainstorm all of the different ways that this could go brainstorm, big whiteboards, chunky markers, post-it notes. I know yeah, because Colby told me. I know. And then it's like, okay, what are the Cliffs notes? What kind of facts do I need to support this? How can I make sure that this is sound? How can I quick start this? How can I like shortcut a system that's already in place to get this going? Because I already see the done project. That's you. Yeah. Totally. So now what we can do with this is look for where you may be having some cognitive stress. Mm. Do you feel like you have to research? Do you feel like you are in charge of SOPs? Do you feel like you have to be the risk manager and or be a locksmith? All of those things are going to create cognitive stress. Now, to be very clear, there are 12 Colby strengths. These four just happen to come more naturally to you. But you have all of them. So say that again. There are 12, but I'm seeing four. So you're saying Those are your primary. There are eight more that, Correct. that didn't even make it on my radar. They are all there. You just don't have the same chart that I have. So within Fact Finder, you are explain. Then okay. there's the next uh, five through or four, excuse me. Oh, I'm one through three you. has its own word. Four through six has its own word. Seven through 10 has its own word. So there are 12 know. Colby strengths total and you have all of them. Everyone has all of them. These just come more naturally to yes. you. Yeah. So you wouldn't be able to say, I can't, you know, right. I can't do an SOP. It's just going to take you more time and it's going to create frustration. So On our team, everybody we say everybody has to wash the dishes. No one loves washing dishes. No one's an initiating implementer on my team. None of us. But we can all go kind of against the grain for a short amount of time as long as our job description is written for our Colby. And that is the highlight of my team. Every single position is strength-centered. It is who are you? How do you work in the world? How can we tap your innate strength? 
and we use the Colby as level setting language. Revolutionize the way I lead. Truly. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering if you'll dig into that a little bit more in mm-hmm. terms of what do you see shift when this happens or, you know, what what made you even want to go down this road? Right. When I went into my coaching program, this was one of the tools that they had us take just to kind of see who we were. And I immediately recognized that I had been living as like an initiating fact finder. And I'm not. I'm a maintainer, man. I get Cliff's notes, right? I can read if I need to, but I don't want to. I was having so much cognitive stress in my family, in my business. There are other tools that you can take too. One is called the Colby B. And this measures what you think your position requires from you. So when I took my Colby B, I got another four set of numbers and I overlaid it with my Colby A. There was so much stress because I had to be, I just felt like I was totally out of harmony, out of congruence with my Colby. So knowing this information, it was like, oh, if I'm given a problem, so this takes me back to college or even high school. You're given a writing assignment. What do they tell you to do first? Make an outline. I don't want to make an outline. Mm-hmm. Right. I understand that that's the process, but had someone said, Heidi, this is your Colby MO, it would be really helpful if you brainstormed first. If you had a whiteboard and chunky markers and you're like, we could do this and we could do this and then we could do this. And I had this freedom and buoyancy and I was excited. Yeah. And then I could go put it in order, but I, I didn't even know that step existed. Right, right. Because primary education is really run by a lot of initiating follow-throughs. Mm. So imagine what that does to quick starts like us where we're like, I don't want to put it in order yet. Like, I don't even know what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Right. Having the permission to brainstorm changed my whole life. It also changed my marriage because brainstorming stresses Mike out. So I don't <laughs> so go to, to him know, anymore. Right. Who are your people that you can go to for that? I, I totally get that. There's a certain I could personality. Come to you and we'd brainstorm. Yeah. Yes. Yep. You and I would brainstorm for a hundred years. Nothing would get done. Yes. Yes. How did you know? Everything would get started. And then we could take all of these ideas, yeah. give them to fact finder follow throughs and people who are maybe stabilizing quick starts and go, what? let's poke holes in this, which one actually holds water. Mm -hmm. And because it was our idea, we're going to get on board with whatever they pick. (laughs) Right. right. It doesn't matter which one. Yeah. No, because they're all good. Just like, tell me where my, where's my blind spot? Yeah. How long is this actually going to take to implement is a question I ask my team because in my head, it should take two weeks in practice. It's probably going to take two months. Mm Mm-hmm. But I still want to race the clock. It's like, okay, if it's going to take two months, I'm still going to get it done in six weeks. Yes. Because that's part of initiating quick start language. Yeah. It's changed my life. So when you're implementing this in companies, Mm -hmm. what what is the shift that you see happen? Yeah. Culture. Mm. People are happier. There is this, it's, it's such a culture of, of toxicity. It's such a culture of outdated leadership where it's like, this is the job and this is how you should do it. And these are the benchmarks. Do you read um, job descriptions nowadays? I, I'm just like flabbergasted. I, I know. How that, awful. That they still think this works. And that they still think that this is appropriate. Right. Right. Not only is it unkind, to me, yeah. it's like, well, I'm I'm fully unemployable right now. Like legit. <laughs> 
no one would hire me because I would be like, oh, is this how we're doing it? Yeah, yes. I don't think so. Yes. Do you want a whiteboard how we can make this better? Yes. Um, what I have found, it's I typically work with women leaders first. Mm-hmm. I believe that when women leaders are supported, companies will change. And so I work with the the leader of the team first. And then it's usually a team of like 10 to 20. And we break things out. Everybody gets their Colby A. And they start to practice like, oh, this is who I am when I'm in flow. This is who I am when I'm on purpose. And then they can start to teach people how they work. Mm-hmm. So the golden rule is to treat ev- everyone the way we want to be treated. The platinum rule is to treat others the way they want to be treated. Right. And when you, if I can treat you the, with your gifts and talents centered, we have so much more. Oh, I've got goosebumps even thinking about it. We trust each other. And I trust myself. And then when you're having a disagreement, this is not personal. This is conative. So the drama, it's very interesting because I don't ever lead with drama. It's too vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But when I get into about hour, you know, two of my conversation with the leader and it's like, tell me the drama. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? What's happening on your team? And they all are like, oh, a lot of personality conflicts are not that. They're conative differences. Yeah. And that changes significantly when people have a common language and they can advocate for themselves. And now they understand, oh, not everybody looks at a problem with the same lens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's phenomenal. They love each other. (laughs) I mean, not everyone. But what I have seen with the teams, it's been a lot of women teams, is they go, oh, I'm not crazy. And then they take this information home. Empowered women will change the world. They will. But we have to be strength-centered. How long have we been told this is what's wrong with you and make it better? Right. What if it was like hogwashed all of that? This is what makes you unbelievable. How can you do more of it? Ooh, don't you love that? I, do. I love that. I absolutely do. Like <laughs> there's there's times where I've heard people say something like, Oh, I wish I was a certain way. And I love to ask mm. them, what of your gifts and strengths are you willing to give up to get what someone else has as their top strength? Ooh, and that's like an aerial complex, and isn't like, it? Wait, wait, I don't want to give up any of my strengths. And then there's just sort of that that's moment of awareness of like, what are my strengths? Do I want to give any of those up? Maybe I don't even know what they are, <laughs> you know, but we're what looking at other question. people and saying, I want that. Well, that's fine, but you cannot literally be everything. Like you said, I'm, I have four out of 12 or whatever, like every assessment. I'm not everything. No. And I think that that is our, we get to heal that as well Mm -hmm. because that is outdated leadership. I have to be everything to everyone all the time, no matter what I got to wake up, you know, Instagram ready in a freaking kitchen that builds, you know, beautiful organic meals after I whittled all the, (laughs) the toys. It's like, shut up. Give me a break, man. Like, I'm loud. I talk with my hands. I'm very passionate. There are times where I see those curated Instagram, all the pastel colors with the like olive branches. And I'm like, I am not that. I am bold and loud. And I like that about myself. Right. And I would not give up my voice for someone else's legs. You know, I I like that line too. Like it. Yeah. I I won't. It's a, it has to be, that's an aerial reference. I think, right? Like I'm not Mm. giving it up. I want, I have worked incredibly hard to fall in love with this version of me, mm-hmm. to appreciate what I've been given, to learn how to use it. I'm not giving it up now. I'm just getting started now. It's like, oh, thank God for 43. 
thank God for my 40s. Thank God for just this idea that who am I and how do I get to express it? Right? Oh, I don't want to waste time being anybody else. <laughs> I am just like, preach it. I just want to hear, I just want to hear more because this is, I 100% agree. And um, the more I find out about me, the more I want to step into me. And then the more, mm-hmm. like you said, I can love mm-hmm. myself and I can trust myself because one of the issues yeah. in leadership is I've heard the saying, you know, like, well, I just can't trust somebody else. Is that the problem or is it that we don't trust ourselves? Right. And do you trust that if you make a mistake that you can course correct? Mm -hmm. I think that's like back to the reading job descriptions, like an excellent eye for detail and exemplary, blah, blah, blah. It's like too much pressure. Yeah. Like no one's going to be that. You've already set me up to fail with that type of job description. That's Mm -hmm. another cool thing with the Colby is like you can have everybody take the Colby when you're hiring them. And then you can you can take the they can take the Colby B. Who do they think they need to be for this position? There's another assessment called the Colby C where the leader takes an assessment on the position and then the fun really happens because I can overlay all of those numbers and it's usually the leader who's creating the challenge right? because they think that the people should do the job the way they would do it. It's like, that's not what you hired them for. Yeah. And then I get to do some leadership work, which is like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's so fun. There's something that you said in the beginning that is coming back again now and thinking about that difference between top-down leadership versus, you know, when everybody is empowered to really work in their gifts and strengths. And I feel like there's this um, thought that I've had for a while about as the leaders were often the lid on the capacity for the company or the lid on the the capacity Mm. for the business. But when we think about expanding the team, then it it takes some of the pressure off so that that lid, the leader Right. Like yeah. I really do believe that the leaders of the companies, the visionaries of the companies, that they that the best thing that they can do is lead themselves and and shift and trust and love themselves so much that their the capacity increases. And mm-hmm. if we think about how much more the capacity of the company opens up, if everyone is opening up their capacity versus that yes. top down. It really is a leadership ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Because the more I trust me, the more that I trust my gifts and talents. I show up physiologically different. Right. You have different ideas when you are strength centered. You have a you have different connections with people because when mm-hmm. I trust myself, I know that I can stay two feet in my own self, even if you're wavering. And sometimes you might need to borrow my strength, or yes. I might need to borrow yours, and that's okay. We're not all we're not a hundred percent all the time. Right. We right. can't be. It's not. That's not natural. Right. Go tell my my tree in the middle of the winter that it should have leaves. That's not <laughs> what we're doing here. That's so fun. <laughs> like that's not. We get to have that cycles. So fun. Okay, that brings me <laughs> brings up another subject that someone just recently <laughs> mentioned, and she's like, "There's seasons in life. Like the yeah. way that we've been created is based on seasons, and it's based on yep. nature. And cycles. why are we fighting this and creating we systems and order have that as, in our business? Is yeah. We work everything on a nine-month cycle. It's mm. very natural. I have three kids. It makes sense to me. Like things take nine or ten months. Yeah. And then we can break it down. So the summer solstice was yesterday. So we're looking at from like solstice to equinox. How are we breathing life into the mm. processes? How are we letting people have, you know, more freedom? Because when we are centered in our strength, when we are centered in we call it leadership for grown-ups, mm-hmm. which is kind of antagonistic. 
reverently. Yes. I like to like, let's upset the apple cart a little bit, yeah. but we don't need a bunch of three-year-olds having tantrums in a boardroom. We need people who trust themselves and trust their team to create an ecosystem and a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Ecosystems can weather different storms. Rigidity, you're, you, you won't survive. You just won't. When you are rigid, when you do not have any flex, when it has to be this way, you miss out on all of the gifts and talents of the team. So you've mentioned working with a lot of women leaders and how empowering women can can make a difference. How often yeah. are you working with men and what are you seeing when you attempt to bring this concept into different types of boardrooms? There's a little bit of resistance. A little bit. When there's a little bit of resistance. <laughs> and there's relief. Mm. Specifically when they get their Colby's and they go, oh, yeah, that is me. Because, I mean, the the whole buzzword of toxic masculinity, there's something to that. There's something to this, like, you have to shoulder the whole world on your shoulders and you can never show emotion. And this idea of, like, I can take a load off. The Mm. men that I have coached have been – it's been highlights for me. So one-on-one coaching is is typically women. The men that I have coached have been relieved. They've been surprised at the amount of emotion that they actually want to bring to their positions, but they've been taught that emotion is weak. They've been taught that emotion is bad. And what I have found with working with them is they create a network of safety that's very different. Because the way that my kids feel safe with me is different than the way they feel safe with Mike. Neither of them are better or worse. They're just different. But having men, and there are some men who they get their results. Like if I work on a whole team, they're like, yeah, that's nice. But typically they know that I see them and they're Mm -hmm. not ready. And that's okay. I don't need to, you know, cross any thresholds that they're not ready for. But the men that I have worked with, it's been tremendous amount of relief. Mm -hmm. And specifically with the partners of the women that I work with, I've done some Colby A to A's, which is so fun. So I meet with them as a couple and giving them language to talk to one another, to respect one another. um, It's powerful. And we don't have to lead the same way, but we get to lead from a strength-centered place. Some men are ready for that and some aren't. And that's okay. We have a lot of healing Mm -hmm. to do on a cultural level. Mm, There's so much more here. And uh, this has been so beautiful. Thank you. So fun. And I'm just curious. I ask the question I ask often. Is there anything that you feel has been left unsaid? Well, yeah, because we're quick starts. (laughs) This is seven seven series episode. (laughs) Right, right. I not left unsaid. I I will leave. I'm leaving with curiosity. Mm -hmm. I'm leading with immense gratitude. I'm I am leaving with the sense of being on purpose with another woman on purpose. Yeah. And I, I do, I feel a tremendous amount of gratitude. So I think the the final capstone is really to say thank you for being willing to do your own inner work, mm-hmm. to try something new. I think women who function at a high level, it's like, am I going to take it? Oh, I know. I've taken so many assessments that I've gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to love this next one. And do I really have to? And yet yeah. every time there's just mm-hmm. something about it that's validating, something about it that's affirming, right. opening up, expansive, you know, all the things that just help me to really step into who I am and who I'm called to be in a new way. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I'm super thankful that you walked me through it because just looking at the assessment does not at all <laughs> give me, yes. you know, the Thank information you that. that you, um, that you're able to bring to the table. I mean, and I, and I think that's true again with any assessment, like we can look at these reports, but if we don't have somebody telling us, like speaking in us, speaking to us yeah. and saying, you know, thank you for these gifts that you bring. Um, there's something about that that's really impactful. And I really appreciate that you've done that today, as well as bringing in that more common language of what does it look mm. like to have healthy organizations, culture? Mm-hmm. What what does culture mean? It's a buzzword, you know, but when we right. talk about how to create that culture, then right. maybe it can become you know, normalized, just like we're normalizing the language using the assessments, um, normalizing what healthy looks like. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Creating the win-win-win for the individual, for the team, and for the organization. And when you have healthy organizations, we do have a healthy culture globally. And I'm still, I am still that five-year-old in my bedroom. Like, I want world peace. I I may not see it in my lifetime, but if you can love you and I can love me, that's a beautiful thing. So... I appreciate you, Jamie. Thank you so much for for inviting me, for having me here. I really am grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for sharing this. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the work you're doing.